Hello and welcome everyone. Welcome, welcome to Podcasty with Ryan. I appreciate you listening in here. And I have a very special guest that I have uh, met through the wonderful, wonderful app called TikTok. I say that lightheartedly. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And we have known each other on here now for over two years. And I've always enjoyed his content and his sense of humor. And he's multi-talented. I can tell from some of his videos and he's been involved with the arts and drama and so on. So I think he'll have a lot to tell us and a lot to entertain us and teach us. And that here is the vibe with Kai. Hello, Kai. What's going on, man? Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. You are welcome. I love having guests from all walks of life. And, you know, we've gone from a ghost hunter to a Methodist progressive female minister. And now we're with Vibe. Yeah, and luckily for you, I I am all of the above. I I do all of those things. So I am a minister. You're an ordained minister? (laughs) Yeah, that that chases ghosts as well. (laughs) I would have never guessed you were an ordained minister. Check off all the boxes. (laughs) Well, thank you for being here. I do appreciate it. Absolutely. My pleasure. So let's just, what I always do is... um, just start off with telling us a little bit about yourself. Sure, yeah. Uh, I am uh, Kairos Keenan Weska, also known as The Vibe with Kai, or simply Kai, uh, as my friends uh, and foes call me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I am a mental health advocate, so I use my platforms on uh, Instagram, um, YouTube, Facebook, all of the social media platforms. I, I use them to talk about mental health. Uh, there's not there's a stigma surrounding mental health and any chance that I get to, you know, destigmatize it and add a little bit of levity to the conversation because it is a very difficult thing to talk about. Anything mm-hmm. that I get the opportunity to do that, I try to take that opportunity. So, you know, that's what I do every day. I just want to make people, you know, I want to make their day just a little bit better. And for me personally, I want to try to be better than I was the day before. I love that. I try to do that too. Some days, some days are easier than others. Yeah, but. man, it's 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 a it's it's a journey. <laughs> it's a journey, and we have our good days and we have our not so good days. But you know, any day that we get to wake up and, and try again, you know, that's a, that's a blessing. So we, I try not to take it for granted. Absolutely. You mentioned stigma. Yeah. Um. In your from your perspective, do you think stigma is decreasing do you think the stigma is stagnant do you think the stigma is worse what's your thoughts on because you threw a big word in there and that's stigma (laughs) yeah i think that honestly it's gotten it's gotten better we still have a very very long way to go but it's gotten better because thanks to platforms like tiktok instagram youtube for as much as people hate on those platforms from pops and as much darkness as it can bring there is a very educational validating side of all of those platforms and because of those platforms we're finding so many different advocates and therapists doctors uh and just people who have been through some stuff in their life they have mm-hmm. a platform to talk about their to share their insight and education and experience and that is something that we haven't had before the world is smaller in a good way mm-hmm. we're all connected a lot more than what we were in the past so i think that the stigma has gotten better but we still have a long ways to go a long way to go but i I feel pretty optimistic about the direction that's headed in me too um what what stigma do you think is sort of like a pesky fly that you just can't get rid of (laughs) or that people are struggling to get rid of that's that's the one that just kind of keeps poking its ugly head yeah that's a great question so the way that i always put it is i wish that people talked about mental health the same way that they talked about physical health right so if i if i come to you and i'm like hey man i broke my arm right you may not see it broken right but i'm telling you that it's broken you might be like oh how did it happen like and you might you, you just automatically believe me right mm-hmm. and it's not a big deal and you're like oh i hope you feel better right but if i if i were to come to you and say hey man my adhd is out of control today you'd be surprised how many people would question that and say things like 
oh man, ADHD, man, we didn't have that when we were kids. Our ADHD is being over, over uh, described and hard, uh, you know, um, diagnosed and things like that. Mm-hmm. Like there's like this like anger and like misinformation that comes with it. And I'm like, man, if we treated it the same way that we treated physical health, I feel like we would be in such a better spot. So if there's anything that I think is like that pesky fly that you spoke of, it's the fact that people just don't take it as seriously as they do with physical health. And and mental health is just as important, if not more important than your physical health. Right. Well, and even if, you know, the example of if you scratched your arm, you're like, oh my gosh, this hurts. I mean, people see the scratch. Yes. And with mental health, it's, um, I guess, taking someone's word for it. Is yeah, that... I mean, you, you you take their word for it, but also like, it's tough because you can't. You're right. You can't see it, but you kind of have to understand and be an empath. If somebody were to come to you and depression is 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 taking over my day today, or I can't come out tonight because my anxiety is through the roof right Mm -hmm. like yeah you're gonna have to take you're gonna have to say okay and support them and they don't have to prove anything to you they don't right you know it's okay to just say okay all right i hope you feel better if there's anything i can do let me know that's not that hard is it not hard it's really not (laughs) it's really not um you know i i think you know i teach high school 11th grade u.s history Mm -hmm. um and not that it should be a core part of our curriculum, but I don't know of any courses. Well, I mean, psychology, but that seems like more of um, just the lab approach to it, looking at it, not the the human side of it. I could be wrong, but um, do you think someday it'll be something like, you know, kids have to take PE, kids have to take health, I think that it will naturally become a bigger part of the conversation, much like physical health has. Um, at least I hope so. I feel I feel pretty confident because we, we are, in a way, already starting to talk about it. Uh, I always say that the the young people today, the Gen Z, that uh, Gen Alpha, you know, that those two generations are some of the smartest young people ever. They have these incredible devices and mindsets and and strength to them and that's why i'll never i'll never hate on them because they they go through a lot too and they're they're talking about things they're the ones that are going to take over for you know millennials like me and and for gen x and for the baby boomers like that that's that next generation that's going to turn things around so so i feel pretty good i think that we are one day going intricate honest and genuine conversations about mental health while we're in school you know i think that would be great i really do think that's going to be a thing that for sure i worry um not to get off in the weeds here but i worry about certain you know people with certain political Mm -hmm. uh lenses yeah finding that intrusive yeah you know it's funny because i always i always trying to be as nice as i could there right yeah no (laughs) always tread carefully right because no matter what you believe in no matter who you voted for no matter where you're from if there's one thing that i've learned over the last couple of years you know being a a mental health advocate it's that we're all going through some stuff and we adhd doesn't discriminate uh depression doesn't discriminate um anxiety doesn't discriminate we're all going through this and some people take that you know approach it one way some people approach it another way but at the end of the day if we can at least have the conversation i think things will be better because like if somebody on the other side of the political aisle broke their leg right like Mm -hmm. it's like (laughs) i don't know like we we would breaking their leg may not have anything to do with their political belief and if and, and if they were to walk up, if they were, if I see them in trouble, and their legs broken, they can't walk. Like I'm going to help them regardless because that's just the person that I am. And I think there's a lot of people out there like me. So absolutely, I, I think that I always tread carefully in that regard because we're all going through some stuff, you know, like all of us. Mm-hmm. Does 
do you believe that um, your livelihood is sort of a, a free form of therapy for you? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. This is very therapeutic. Which you can give some insight there. Absolutely. I've been I've been consistently going to therapy for the past like year and a half, two years, right? And and obviously that helps. But there's nothing better than the therapeutic side of what I do on my platforms because the messages that I get, the comments, the the love, the support, and the fact that you know, people are commenting and saying, hey, you helped me. Or, hey, you telling your story made me want to go seek out help as well. You know, that kind of stuff, it, it fills my glass. It, it really, mm-hmm. it really, really helps because none of this is about me personally, right? I just happen to use myself and my story and my journey as a vessel to help validate people and to help people understand that they're not alone. But at the end of the day, I just, I really want people to, to feel better about their day and about their life. And that's therapeutic for me. That makes me feel better to know that I'm using my story for good. That That's what matters to me the most. It makes me feel better when I have the opportunity to do that. And you've you've spent quite a bit of time on 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 the stage too correct? oh yeah i grew up on the stage i'm a i'm a i'm a theater kid through and through yeah <laughs> yeah and do you think that has been the most important outlet it's it's definitely been it's definitely up there for me you know that and, and sports you know were were always a, a good physical and, and artistic outlet for me especially theater because with theater like i'm an introvert and a lot of people don't believe me when i say i'm an introvert but i'm a hella introvert. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm struggling too. Yeah. And so but one of the things that theater has helped me with is putting myself out there. And like I know that mm-hmm. when I'm on stage, like I have this mask. Not it may not be a literal mask, but I have this figurative mask where I'm playing this character. And I get to just move and and act and sing and dance in a way that I wouldn't normally in real life. And that's so cool. That's such a great mm-hmm. outlet for me personal i'm jealous it's great it's a a really cool feeling it really is i'm jealous i would love to do something like that. you can what's stopping you i know (laughs) i know i uh, i know i it's hard hard. i know this sounds silly but i know this sounds silly but sometimes some of my tiktoks i know some of some of some are like did did you love like acting and when you were in grade school and, and middle school and high school and i'm like I've never ever done anything <laughs> like that. They're like, really? I'm like, no, yeah. nothing. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's it's so. it's definitely it's definitely difficult, and and it's a it's a cool challenge. But I think that for you know for me it's theater, but for anybody else it could be anything. It might be writing for some people. It might be mm-hmm. exercise for some people. It might be absolutely watching TV. You know, like there's so many different ways to find your outlet that fits who you are and what what makes you happy. For any of the parents, because a lot of my listeners are parents, yeah. um, you know, we're getting of that age. Or we are of that age. We're not getting there. <laughs> yeah. We are of that yeah. age. Let's just face it. Um, at what age did you, if you want to share here, at what age did you um, pick up that, you know, you were having some turmoil or anxiety or you felt like this is something that I need to take to some type of um, professional I, I can, not just yeah. oh I'm having a bad day I'm like okay <laughs> yeah. something's going something's going on here yeah I can tell you the exact moment it was it was February of 2022 it was a year and a half ago and I, I was 35 I'm 36 now and mm-hmm. it's I guess 34 at the time, actually. And it was um, it was eye-opening because I went my entire life blaming myself. You know, I went my entire life thinking that I wasn't good enough or I wasn't working hard enough or I wasn't smart or I was lazy, so on and so forth. And then it got to a point that I'm like, no, something else is wrong here. It took me 34 years to realize that there's something else in play and come to find out there is, there's something literally going on with the chemistry inside of my brain. And it all starts to at that point. 
as soon as that happened, I was like, oh, okay, this all makes sense. Now I get it. I get why I was feeling this way in high school and middle school. I get it. Right. Wow. Do you do you look back and so for you know people listening, do you look back and see points before that when you wish you would have done something or <laughs> was it in high school it, it was it high school middle school that you or did you just think oh this is just who i am right good, i love that question i love answering this question because um when i was diagnosed with uh with everything with generalized anxiety disorder severe depression severe adhd and as i started to learn more about all of those things I started to look back at some certain instances and moments and events in my life that at the time were very confusing. And now I look back at it and I'm like, oh, wait a second. <laughs> I know why that happened now. And it has to do with my ADHD or it has to do with my depression. It has to do with my anxiety. It all, like I was able to, to pinpoint these moments. And so I don't necessarily live a life where I, I wish I can go back and change anything because I'm proud of who I am today. Mm-hmm. But part of what there is a grieving process in a way when you're diagnosed at least for me there's a grieving process that you go through where you you you're angry you're sad you're disappointed you you know go through this wide range of emotions one of which is anger one of which is regret one of which is oh man i wish i could just go back in time and you know change this and all of that and once i got past that and i got past that through therapy once i got past it and recognize that like I am who I am today because of that it made me feel better and I was able to focus mm-hmm. on the right here and the right now and what I can do to make my future better as opposed to wanting to go back into the past and change things which I can't do right right I um I also I have a therapist and I also take a few different medications for anxiety you know my dopamine levels and all that stuff yeah yeah. and um you know the way i was raised um you know i was raised in a fairly not a conservative family but a you know sort of middle of the road middle midwest boy (laughs) right right (laughs) and um growing up and even into my 20s you know, I was always brought up that it could always be worse. Yeah. Be thankful for what you have. It, not that that's not right, but it could always be worse. Oh, Ryan, someone has it worse than you. Yeah. Um, you know, that's let's not have a pity. Let's not have a pity party of one. You know, just yeah. what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, which my therapist hates that phrase. Yeah. I, I um, it, it took me. It, so anyway, I just wanted your thoughts on that. Yeah. It took, I learned this, uh, earlier this year because I had a conversation about validation right and I was also of the mindset even fairly recently where I'm like well I shouldn't feel bad about this certain thing because like yeah I'm having a bad day but there's people in Africa that don't have food you know or there's somebody you know that doesn't have a home or doesn't have a car like and I was starting and I found myself comparing my situation to other situations and that, that that's not fair to yourself that what you're right. saying to yourself when when you when you accept that type of thinking is that your feelings are not valid they are valid right. you are going through what you're going through the way that you feel you're allowed to feel that way it's not a i i always joke it's not a trauma olympics you're not going for gold here <laughs> you know <laughs> like who has it worse like, i like that you know it's 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 not you're not competing against anybody your situation right. is your situation and if, you, if it makes you feel sad that's okay your feelings are valid you're allowed to feel that way you know and it, 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 once that was pointed out to me i was like oh my god wait no you're right <laughs> absolutely my feelings are valid i like it when you said about the trauma olympics it reminds me of different groups who are discriminated against yeah. it's like well our discrimination is worse than your it's like that is the sickest mindset. It's not helpful. It's 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 just it's not really helpful to the conversation. I think a better way to to say is to to have those types of conversations is to say, hey, 
I, I hear you. I understand what you're going through. I understand why you feel this way. Let me tell you why I feel my way and, and what I'm going through. And let's just bond together over the fact that life is crazy. <laughs> you know, life is weird. What can we do to work together to perhaps help each other kind of conversation as opposed to be like, right. well, I, my situation is worse than yours. So you're not allowed to feel that way. I don't think that's fair right. to anybody and it doesn't help. The Absolutely not. Right. Another uh, topic I wanted to touch on concerning this was, at least for me, part of what really threw me into a haze in my 20s and 30s and did some things I'm not proud of was alcohol. Okay. Yeah. And I uh, I do not drink anymore. I haven't I haven't had a drink since June of 20 June 23rd of 2018. Good for you. That's great. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And it. I mean, I was, I wasn't a mean drinker. I was, I was a lot of fun. I think I, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I was, I was social and, and I noticed now that not only with people that I drink with, but people who really have my best interest at heart when I started coming to tell my truth about, you know, the, the anxiety I've had, the trauma I've had as a child and not partying all the time with people. Yeah. Throughout all this, mixed together, you realize your friendship circle changes dramatically. Yes, it does. Yes. So, I was wondering if you've experienced, you know, you had to just end some friendships or end some relationships. Not yeah. in a way where you, it was a nasty ending. But it was just kind of a subtle, yeah. subtle bye-bye. <laughs> yeah. You, uh, as we get older, our friendship circles get smaller, right? And, and, and we're okay with that. But I, I will admit there are friendships that have ended because of my ignorance because of of my approach you know uh, i like i'll be honest with you and i and i i um i tell this story to people sometimes just to kind of put this life into perspective that i live now i'm very blessed to have a very like big platform right like there's i have a lot of people across my platforms that follow me that know who i am that could recognize me if they saw me on the street it's a very humbling experience and when it first started to take off for me, I did let it get to my head. I, I felt I am I am better than some people. I, I am better. And if you don't want to come around, if you don't want to come along for the ride, well, you're missing out. Yeah. And that and because of that mindset, I understandably so lost friends because I pushed them away. Mm-hmm. And I can't go back and change that. And there's there's if I, if I were to say I regret anything in my life, it's that. Hmm. Because I I 100% let stuff get to my head. And I did not remember where I came from and the people that helped me become the person who I was. And there's some friendships that I've mended. But the mm-hmm. some that I just have to recognize they're they're just gone forever. Like they're they're gone. Right. They might, maybe one day it'll come back, but I can't bank on it. Um, so yeah, it, there's definitely been friendships that have both naturally gone away, and mm-hmm. also have gone away because of me. Mm-hmm. And I have to recognize that and understand that and accept that and 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 just be like, okay, that that was my fault. <laughs> okay, that's all me. <laughs> Right, and and those those numbers on social media, you know, when something goes viral, or um, you know, you just you feel wanted. Mm. It's it's so temporary. Yes, it is. It's it's fickle. It's very fickle, and um, it's at a point now that numbers don't matter to me. I could have ten followers. And I, I wouldn't care because like my mindset is uh, and this is a quote from a, a musical called title of show. And there's a quote that says, I'd rather be nine people's favorite thing than a hundred people's ninth favorite thing. And mm. it's true. And so I focus on trying to make people laugh, trying to make people feel validated, trying to make their day better. And if that means it's 10 people or 10 million people, because I'm I'm just doing the best that I can. And right. if, you know, I, I don't necessarily even have number goals anymore. Are there numbers I would like to hit? Sure. But like, I'm not going to let that dictate my success or my mindset. All right. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I have a much smaller platform than you, but I have consistently had to stop myself from getting caught up in numbers. It's easy to, yeah. Ugh. It's very easy to. Yeah, and I, I just think, you know, just keep working hard and what happens, happens. Whatever happens, happens, man, because in the, in the flick of a light, all of it can be gone. Right. Right. It's a very like social. Some people keep asking me, what if I ever would leave my my full time job for social media uh, to be a con- a full time content creator? Hell no. Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> I've not. been at that, too. Actually. It, is, it is is a it is a very fickle world. You might be the hottest thing in the world right now. But this time next week, nobody's going to. There's a lot of people that just won't know or care about you. Absolutely. I've actually been asked that, too, and absolutely agree. Yeah. That is really putting your eggs in all in one Absolutely. basket. It's so very speak. fickle. It's a very fickle world, and you have to be okay with that. And I'm, I'm just not. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, with mental health as well. When you know, finding someone uh, that you're perhaps interested in dating or having um, a relationship beyond a friendship. Is it important to put that out there early on, or is that like, oh my gosh, I don't want to scare people away because you don't want to be ashamed of it? Talk about like my like letting them know like what I do. Right. I put it out there. Well, just letting them know, you know, hey, I suffer with this. I suffer like you don't want to like you know go out for coffee and like right after you stir your creamer and be like, oh, by the way, I have depression. (laughs) Yeah, I. So like, what's funny is that I always. I, cause I, I tell people and I'm like, I'm not trying to like flex right now or like brag, but I do want you to know that I have, a, I do have a large amount of people that could potentially recognize me. And if this is something that you want to pursue, just, I want you to know exactly what you're getting yourself into. I don't like to really put my personal life out there that much. Like as, as, as genuine as I am, as much as I do put out about my mental health, there's a lot of things that I, I will keep private. And, um, right. I always will let the person know. I'm just like, hey, listen, just so you know, um, this is this is what I do every day when I get home, and this is the amount of people that could potentially recognize me on the street. Because that happens. Like sometimes people will just come up to me on the street and be like, hey, follow you on Instagram. Can I take a picture? I'm like, okay, sure, yeah. Um, so I'd rather them know why in advance. <laughs> right. Well, and when do you or do you approach that? You know, there could be some days here when I'm really down. Yeah. How do you go about, not you personally, but what, what, what careful advice would you give people who, because, you know, when you get in a relationship, the mental illness is not going to, oh, I'm happy now. No, it's not sure. going to happen probably. Sure. Um, whoever you're with should comp, should, it should be a compliment to who you are and, and vice versa. You should come, you should be a compliment to them. Each person is living their own life. I'm not really a big fan of like codependency. Each person is living their own life and each person compliments the other person. Um, and I'm, when I say compliment, I'm just not talking like, hey, you look nice today. Like, I mean, like like they're, they're a good accent on your life. They're a good part of your life or like one of the many strings, you know, that, that are part of your, your life. Um, for each person, it's gonna be different communication side of thing is is where it's going to be very important because when you're together with somebody you're going to know you should know what their needs and wants are and when you're able to know that you'll be able to know exactly how to communicate how to help when when you see your your partner's feeling down or if you're feeling down you know Mm -hmm. one of my friends um put up a a video the other day and uh she was saying how she uh she was feeling down, but she didn't want her partner to know. She was like, her partner was like, Hey, are you feeling okay? And she was like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Whatever. And he knew that she wasn't feeling well. Right. Mm -hmm. And so like he went out, he came back with her favorite dish, like her favorite. It was like this, like taco dinner. And even though she didn't say anything, he knew. And, and he was able to recognize, and that comes from communication that comes from, you know, trust. And if, you, if you're not able to trust and communicate with your partner, then none of this matters. Mental illness, mental disorder or not. Mm-hmm. That, the communication and trust is where, is where you're going to see a successful relationship. 
Well, that's a testimonial their relationship that he's able to recognize. Oh, uh, yeah, that. absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And they're not they're not married yet. I'm like, you need y'all need to, you need to propose propose to him. Screw it, let's make it like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah, it was a cool story. Um, yeah, because you know when you're in a relationship, you can't you can't just turn off. Being, you know, at first everything might be great. You know, oh my gosh, my anxiety. Where's I don't have anxiety. What's going on? Yeah. I'm just so yeah. Uh, there's butterflies in my stomach in a good way, <laughs> and you know that's that's uh, yeah. You you can't not really, gonna last. You can't really. I'm I'm of the mindset. You can't really cure ADHD or cure depression. You can manage it, right? And mm-hmm. so and that's just my. I know there's people out there that think that that believe that you can cure it, and I'm just not of that mindset. Absolutely, but. You can you can manage it, and what people need to understand about ADHD and depression, anxiety, is that sometimes it's not even about the cause. There there might not be a cause with depression. You could wake up sad. Why? Mm-hmm. Just because your brain says to you, "Hey, you're sad today," <laughs> you know, or you're feeling down today. You know, if you're not sad, or you're feeling super anxious today. Why? Just because, <laughs> you know, and like right. that's just how our brain chemistry works for a lot of us so you just have to learn how to manage it and and from there and not just romantic relationships but friendships family co-workers all of those types of relationships are gonna be easier to to maintain at the end of the day Mm -hmm. you know and with my my parents you know being boomer being boomers so to speak they're you know they're in their 60s yeah and I have talked about the subject with them, depression and, you know, not, they're very proud of the not, me not drinking. I mean, they drink, but they're like, you know, that's great. We support you. You know, if you don't want us to drink around you, stuff like that, which I appreciate, you know, they're like, and they're like, you know, we, we noticed, you know, when we, you know, go boating or something, or we have this cat, my parents have this cabin and we go pontooning and boating and skiing. And they're like, you know, you were having a bloody Mary at, 9 30 they're like we just but they never said anything like oh ryan you know you, re- you really need that i mean they just sort of let me figure it out for myself yeah sure yeah because i think they knew that i would have been like probably um not given the best reaction probably said something smart or something like <laughs> right. that because yeah. i feel i feel like i'm being scolded like right. a child you know right. It just shows that they, they know you. They they, they right. know uh, how to how to approach you, and I think that that says a lot about them. Right. Well, I like to think so. And they, um, with mental health, um, part of me feels a little um, enabled, not enabled, but pulled back on you know what I say because sometimes I fear this is getting a little deep but sometimes i fear that they'll think oh it's something i did oh yeah i know that i you know exactly what you're i know exactly what you're like what did i do yes. what did you know yes i know exactly that 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 feeling because i i that's why i've always been hesitant to like talk to my family about it because i don't i never wanted my mom or dad to think that they caused my adhd or that they caused my depression or anxiety and like it just doesn't work that way you know, so I've, I've been has it's, it's, it's a hard thing to talk about. It really, really is. Because you think of like, like you just said, you think about that stuff. It's like, OK, when I talk to them about this, I don't want them to feel guilty about anything, <laughs> you know, right? Because <laughs> it's not their fault. It's not about it's not about them. It's, you know, it's, it's not how it worked out. And one thing that kind of put the brakes on it for me is my mom and I were in the car one day and I was talking about, you know, using you know, using alcohol as a short-term sense of, you know, um, relief from anxiety yeah. or just kind of vacate your feelings. And it was interesting. One of her responses was, yeah, there's a little more of a conversation, but one of her responses, well, your childhood wasn't that bad. And that, that really made me like take two steps forward on talking to them about it. Right. Right. Cause I was like, what, what does she mean by that? Right. Yeah, like you didn't. Your childhood wasn't that bad. Yeah, it's it kind of was a cringy moment. (laughs) Yeah, it's a very very tough conversation to have. But at the end of the day, it's as it is. 
it's a good one to have because it's important for people to understand why you are the way that you are, why you feel the way that you feel. And that helps them help you in a way at the end of the day, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I like to ask the, the tough, the tough, not the tough questions, but I was a journalism major for two years. So that's one of the reasons I wanted to do this. Yeah. I've always loved journalism. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's another subject. But do, do you believe, because do you believe that different segments of the population handle mental health mental health in different ways so for example um you know i'm white you're black um i know some of my friends who some of my friends who are black who are in fellow members of the lgbtq plus community have not had the best experience with their parents right um of course i know people who have evangelical parents who've had even worse stories so yeah but um and i i teach at a high school a high school that is a minority majority school as well and do you think that um different communities have the healthiest approaches to mental health so I think that, yes, I think that mental health does affect different communities, but I think it's for a variety of reasons. And I'm, for this instance, I'm going to focus on like, like the black community, right? Mm-hmm. I, can, I can speak closely to that. Right. Um, there's a lot that people say online saying, hey, go speak to a therapist, go talk to a therapist, right? And like, in general, that's a cool thing to say. But in the black community, especially in inner city black communities, those resources are not there, right? There's not a lot of financial investment into mental health in the inner city black community, at least not as much as there are in other communities. So black people are automatically at a disadvantage because even if, even the people that are there, you know, mental health wise, Number one, could the people in the city afford them? Number two, could they even get an appointment? Number three, is the, are they the best quality out there? You know? Could they even get there? Right, exactly. To get to the appointment. Exactly, you know? So it, it's, it affects people, but it, it affects different communities in different ways. Um, but it's because of a variety of reasons. Like even for me, like I would love to have a black male therapist. Mm-hmm. But there's not many <laughs> there's not many right. out there and uh i saw a stat it said that uh i think it was like 85 percent of the uh, professional therapists that are registered on um psychology today or whatever site it was like 85 percent of them are white and out of that 85 percent 75 percent of that 85 percent were white women absolutely <laughs> and so like even then, you know, you can you, just that stat alone, you can automatically understand why some communities may not get the same type of, of empathy and all that. On top of that, on the in the black in the black community, not just not just black, but people of color in general, what people need to understand is that a lot of the research that's done behind ADHD, depression, anxiety, were done on white males, mm-hmm. and so. <laughs> people of color weren't really tested in that regard so again we're at a disadvantage there because the research isn't there to help how many times have you turned on the tv and you might you might see like uh something from the inner city like oh there was another shooting in philadelphia today must be because their father doesn't live at the house or something like that or maybe there's a mental health issue that we need to discuss you know what right. I'm saying? Like, the, like those conversations are not being had. And and just this little instance alone, as uh, as we talk about the black community, I think you could do the same thing for the LGBTQIA plus community. Community, you could do it for women. You could do it for men. You like, I think, I think that everybody has a disadvantage because of the stigma out there, right. and because of the lack of resources, the lack of uh, research that is out there, which is why it's so important for us to use our platforms 
to speak up and to be honest i love using my platform because not only are there not a lot of male uh, mental health advocates that are content creators online there's not a lot of black male content creators mm-hmm. online that that, me- that are mental health advocates so like i don't see many in my fyp right, exactly <laughs> so, like if i'm able to like at least help one like black kid like oh man like (laughs) like that in and of itself makes all of this worth it because i didn't have that growing up you know right and so like that's 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 the therapy that's another therapeutic side of it for me well and some of the uh black content creators that i follow that do talk about mental health and i've even seen it on um various interviews and so on um I've even seen um, Dr. Um, oh my gosh, he's one of my favorite professors. I can't even think of his name. NYU, Cornell West. Oh, Cornell West, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cornell West, some of his, I had to read for grad school. Um, some of his published work talked about that some of the men in the communities of color think that talking, and this is true with different with white trust me my dad could fit in this too to a large degree is you know if you talk about your feelings like that it's it's demasculating right yeah absolutely mm-hmm. and he's like you know we gotta we gotta get rid of that that it's not a sign of weakness or femininity or um and why you know why is that a why is that a weapon to throw at somebody or something absolutely yeah you know, me even saying, I even caught myself saying that, like that, I'm yeah. making that an insult. Yeah. Uh, growing up playing sports, you know, like I, it was always like I was around, I was around a bunch of, you know, alpha males that that emotions weren't a good thing unless you were using it to win the game. Right. <laughs> you know, so like the tears that I would want to cry, I wouldn't because I felt that was not manly enough. I thought that was showing weakness. You know, um, if I got hurt. You know, I'm like, no, no, brush it off. Throw some dirt on it. Let's go. Keep going. <laughs> you know, like my leg could be hanging off and it'd be like, oh, no, keep going. Let's go. And it, it wasn't honestly until fairly recently when I realized like, hey, I'm going to cry right now. And that's OK. All right. <laughs> you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Do you think your community is improving in terms of how they like the black community mental health? Yes. Yeah, I think so. Um, Good. I think so, but I mean, oh man, it's it's a step forward. It's a it's a it's a small improvement because because we have platforms where people can discover other people that are like them going through the same thing, you know. So like that's that's nice. But like now, there needs to be an investment into our our communities and our especially for our young people. There needs to be a, an investment in there, not just financially, but just energy-wise, you know, mm-hmm. and, and uh, policy-wise. There needs to be an investment there because when that happens, that's what I'm going to say. Okay, people are putting their money where their mouth is. They really do care about these young black boys and girls. Let's make this happen. Right. I hope so. Me too, man. Um, <laughs> <Me> too. <laughs> the, you know, it's with Black Lives Matter, I mean, that right there, it, I and I hope it doesn't become a political weapon or conti- to be used as a political weapon because that is that is a, a huge flag for mental health and mental health support. I mean, saying your life matters, what is more what is more substantive in terms of tying that to mental health than anything? Yeah, it's it, unfortunately it has been turned into a political weapon. Um, but the way that I always describe it is that if when I say Black Lives Matter, that's not me saying that Black Lives Matter more than you. It mean it just means like, hey, we want equal standing. We want right. to be considered on the same platform as everybody else. And the argument oftentimes is, well, what opportunities do you have that, you know, that white people don't? And like for somebody like me, I'm like I, I speak from a position of privilege. So like I, I there's a lot of things that I have that, that come my way that most people haven't. So but 
I think that people need to look at it a little bit differently. When I say Black Lives Matter, um, what I'm what I mean is like, let's talk about investment into schools. A lot of school districts, their budget is based upon the median income of the town that they're in, of the like the, the school district that they're in, which means that a, sc- a school district in let's just say Trenton, New Jersey, may have a smaller budget than a school district in Princeton, New Jersey. And because of that, the Princeton, New Jersey people get better facilities, better educators, better resources. So that means that there might be a star physicist in a Trenton school that will not get the same education or the same resources, the same educators or the same opportunities as somebody that's not nearly as good in Princeton, but that person will get that opportunity. Right. So when I say Black Lives Matter, it's not just about life or death. We're talking about a lot of different things here. Mm-hmm. And it's unfortunate that it's turned into a political weapon. It's 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 really honestly like it's honestly just saying, hey, listen, this is just like listen to us. We're not we don't have the same opportunities as some people. Right. Help. Help us. <laughs> you know? Right. I pulled my um, some of my students in the past. And I hope this is an appropriate sentence. I've said, you know, I try to think of it as Black Lives Matter too. Mm-hmm. And some of the students were like, kind of on the fan, like, oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like saying, it's like saying, you know. I sometimes wish that was added to the initial slogan. <laughs> right. Because right. when people see Black Lives Matter, I mean, I have family and friends on social media who post you know memes or something yeah and you know say all lives matter and like right nobody is saying that your life doesn't matter (laughs) you know nobody nobody is saying that and it's like it's like saying you know i support cancer research and then somebody coming in and saying well what about diabetes (laughs) does that not matter that's a great example (laughs) you know it's like no that's not what i'm saying at all what i'm saying right now is that i i support you know i can't tell you how many times dude i'll put up something uh i put up a post the other day saying hey uh dear black men your mental health matters right Mm. i can't tell you how many messages i got from people saying Oh, so only black men's uh, mental health matters? Oh my gosh! No, no, no! <laughs> is that what I'm like? I'm like, is that what you you've taken from this? Is that what is that what you've taken from this? That's just sad. Yeah, it's really, it's, but that's just the world that we live in right now, which is unfortunate. So it's, I people kind of just take immediate offense to it when really it's not about them. It's not. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's... don't make it about you. Like I'm, I'm saying that I, I matter as well, because and I feel like I don't matter sometimes. Oh, that, that is so frustrating. It is. <laughs> uh, and I'm coming, and I, I can only probably feel one, one, one hundredth of the frustration that a person of color would feel. It's I mean, tough. it's just. <laughs> It's, yeah, you know, and I think there's a lot of things that people don't understand. But again, I I do feel optimistic. I do feel that there are so many incredible allies out there that support not just the black community, but the trans community is, is being attacked. Their lives matter. Like the entire LGBTQ plus community, the uh, Native American indigenous community, mm-hmm. you know, like you pull down the list, man. There's a lot of, of people who matter that feel like they don't, you know, I just did a couple episodes ago. I posted, I did an inter- I did a podcast with a trans man from uh, near Madison, Wisconsin. He goes by trans Jedi on TikTok, but that's amazing. <laughs> he, yeah, <laughs> he, he was just talking about all the legislation that's been passed or is in the process of, you know, being uh, put out into law and dealing with the trans community. And uh, I have personally been given instructions lately because Indiana, state here in Indianapolis, well, the whole state, but um, if I have a student 
who wants to change their name or their gender um, House Bill I can't remember the name of it we keep getting emails about it with the with the subject line HB60 or something like that I have to tell their parents by law or I could be potentially terminated yeah and I mean it's being challenged in the courts but um uh, I mean I've had I've had conferences parent teacher conferences where students have said to me you know hey please at our conference please call me by my real name because my parents don't know I mean these some wow. of these kids some of these kids are it's uh, in terms of mental health I just feel like it's gonna really yeah throw them off in it, the throw them off in badlands it's heartbreaking you know that there's there's people out there that that truly feel as though they identify as something or someone else right and that's okay they're allowed to do that if somebody come came up to me and said hey i need you i identify with the pronouns she her i know that you've been calling me he him but i would prefer if you called me she her i would say okay sure Right. There's nothing. It's not like why would I make it about me? At the, right. It's not about me. It's about this person who is kindly asking you, "Hey, can you? I identify as this. I identify as they them. I don't identify as male or female. Can can you just you know uh, uh, help like respect me that way? Right. Absolutely. It's not about it's not me. It's about order. It's not about me. Don't make it about me. It's about you right now Mm -hmm. and that's how you identify and i respect that well and my guest i had on my podcast said you know people sometimes in the media you would think that this is you know 25 percent of the population or tens of thousands of people it's it's not right and the politicians are you know using it as a smoke screen and they're making it look like you know people are rushing to the teacher's desk in groves in each yeah. classroom to change their name. Yeah. I've had like four students in 18 years. And I'm at a large urban school with over 3,000 kids. And I have only had three students, at least to me. I mean, I'm sure others well, have in our school yeah. too. But I mean, people act like this is coming through the woodwork. But even even if it even if it was... You know, like, and that, that's just counting the people that, that you know, were, were bold enough and, ha- you know, to, to come out and say something. Right. There's a lot more. There's so many people that are afraid to for a variety of reasons or don't want to for a variety of reasons. So whether it's one person or one billion people, every single person that comes forward and says, I am this person now should be respected. Right. I, I agree. Um and I hate that that law passed and hopefully, um, you know, it can be ruled unconstitutional or something, but, but I do get to a degree, um, parental awareness. I do understand that. Um, it's a tough, tough, tough place to, tough thing to discuss because you know, a 13 or 14 year old, you know, they're, they're still a kid. I mean, their parents, it's tough. It is, it is tough because I mean, but also like those 13 or 14 year olds are some of the smartest people, mm-hmm. you know, and like they have these resources out there and connections and they're able to, to learn stuff at that age that you and I may not have been able to learn at that age. You know, they're right. very smart. I think that sometimes we, underestimate how smart those those kids are and it and how much courage it takes you know so like i will never tell somebody how to raise their kids right but i i will always like say hey listen let's like at least empathize with what they're going through and how they feel and you know it's like just listen listen to them and try to understand and see what you can do to help but the the minute that you just refuse to even listen right then what's the point like you you never want to have the conversation ever 
Well, and I'm glad the conversations are right. I'm glad the conversations are happening because I was 13 or 14, you know, 15, 16 in the in the late 90s. I graduated high school in 2002. Yeah. And what not only were students not at least where I was, students were not talking to teachers about this and announcing that they believe that they are a different gender. The conversation wasn't even happening. Right. Right. I mean, it was, and that's only been 25 years ago. I mean, society yeah. is really evolving very, very quickly. Cause it you is. would have told me in middle school, you know, Oh, well they want to go by, he wants to go now be go by she, her. I, I don't even, I don't even know if I, <laughs> yeah. I would have been so lost. Right. I would have just thought, Honestly, I probably would have thought it was crazy. Right. And so, and, and that you know. goes back to what I was mentioning before about like the optimism that I have about where things are headed. Like we're able to have these conversations now as opposed to what life was like in the late 90s, early 2000s, even hell, even 5 years ago. Right. <laughs> you know, like things are changing and things are changing fast and I think that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. I think that there's a lot of people, uh, most of whom are older than us, because I graduated in 2005, mm -hmm. that are struggling to keep up because this is they're not used to this fast evolution of growth. And they're not ready for it. But we are. And the younger generations are, and I'm excited for them. And I, I want, I encourage them to continue to speak up. I can't wait for a lot of them to start voting, to get the opportunity to start right. voting. Because man, this world's going to be very, very right. different. I think we already see little glimpses of it. And, you know, the people who are older are struggling to keep up with it all. This is just part of society. You know, people, older people in the 60s and 70s said the same thing about the Vietnam protesters. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. Uh, people in the 30s or 20s and late teens said the right. same thing about these radical femi feminists who all they want to do is the right to vote. I mean, right. it's just it's just uh, mm -hmm. part of it. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I share I share your optimism. Yeah, I feel good. Um, I feel good about it. So in closing here, this mm -hmm. I've really enjoyed this. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Um, what would you say is just a one piece of advice you would give if there's somebody listening right now who says, how do I even get started? I just feel like crap, for lack of a better word. How do I, what, what do I do to get started here? Because yeah. I'm just, I just, I don't know what to do. Yeah, I would, I would say to them, first and foremost, your feelings are valid. You're allowed to feel the way that you feel so start there <laughs> right mm -hmm. you're allowed to feel the way that you feel secondly there's a quote from hamilton that i live and breathe by it's from the song wait for it in which aaron burr sings i am the one thing in life i can control when you're able to focus on the things that you can control and stop focusing on the things that you cannot then you're going to continue to move forward personally so number one know that you're valid number two focus on the things that you control you can control and number three communicate talk to people seek help go talk to people that have been through it or can take a a, a three thousand foot overview of your life and provide mm -hmm. professional advice there are resources out there for everybody right it's there and if you can't find it ask there are people that can point you in the right direction you are not alone even though sometimes it may seem that way, you are not alone. You, We want you here. You belong here. And you bring a lot of joy to this world. And you deserve every ounce of joy given right back to you. Absolutely. You're melting my heart, Kai. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. <All> right. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me. I cannot wait for people to hear this. Yeah, man. Um, I look forward to the feedback we get when it when when we both put it out there and see yeah. what hopefully we can help somebody. Like you said, one person is uh, yeah, more, more than one. Right. 
So thank you so much for joining me. Thank you all for listening. And we'll talk to you soon.